I've come to firmly believe that God is way more comfortable with the wrestling than we are. Welcome to Wild Songs, my beautiful friends. No nice, neat, safe music here. I'm your host, Kyle, and I help artists go a lot deeper than the formulaic, predictable Christian music out there. We've been exploring the ache this season, the deep longings, and the song I'm going to share with you is one of the most aching in terms of like us becoming who we're supposed to be and wrestling and all that tension and all the, the mess that happens with that. Like I said before, life is messy. Life is wild. It's not tame. There's tears and pain and, and deep dissatisfaction with the world. So today I'm going to share a song with you that comes from that angle of wrestling, the ache of not knowing who we are in our identity, and God meeting us right there. Let's dive in. Hey, real quick, if you've been enjoying this podcast, these episodes, would you please share this with some friends? We've gotten close to a thousand views on just the first two episodes. And what we're going to talk about today is one of my absolute favorite topics. I'm so excited about this. So I'd love for you to share this, send it to a friend, send it to someone on your heart. They're like, man, I think they could really use this. I've had a lot of friends who even aren't of the faith who've gotten to know me and we've had good discussions and, and they've enjoyed the music. So send this to people who you think it's going to resonate with and support me with being able to share a little bit behind the scenes about this kind of art making that I'm doing. Now, with that said, every songwriter has a process. And, you know, for me, it's, it's listening to the music and trying to discover what it's speaking about, like what's really trying to get at. I always write the lyrics last and I want them to enhance the music and not get in the way of what the music's already saying. So when I sat down with this music, it took a while, but eventually it hit like a lightning bolt. I mean, this was a song about struggle, about fighting, about wrestling with our maker. It's an ancient story and one of my favorites because it's absolutely bizarre. A man named Jacob claims to have wrestled face to face with God and survived. I think you have a talent for survival. I think the beauty of Jacob's encounter is that it's the story of all of us. And what fascinates or even scares me about this story is that God is not who we think he is. This is not gentle. It's not pretty. This is certainly not a story of nonviolence. In fact, what really struck me here is what I passed over who knows how many times was that this whole conflict was initiated by God. He was the one who jumped out of darkness and attacked Jacob. Boy, does that mess with our modern conception of how God should behave. He's often much wilder than our spineless, civilized notions of, of God should be. I mean, this is a strange scene. I, I picture God unannounced and to the bewilderment of the angels, taking his robe off, hanging up his glory, almost like a coat, and putting it on a hook. That's why I talk about angels often ponder how glory can be shedded, hung upon a hook rail to wrestle in the desert. It's like he left his glory, his kingship, and his throne room and stepped forward into the darkness as a man with flesh in the stillness of a midnight desert. He had enough. He had enough of Jacob. He had enough of this shady character. I mean, you can talk all you want and try to convince someone to change. At some point, 
Sometimes you just have to duke it out. I'm not trying to say anything insensitive here, but just, you know, speaking as a man, as a dude, sometimes there are moments when words have kind of reached their limit and you feel like fighting it out with your bare knuckles. Often, much more can be said in the struggle of flesh than in the most intimate and honest conversations. And I know that statement can be taken way out of context, but there's something to it. There's something about fighting and wrestling through something by actually wrestling with your body instead of talking with words. God knew he had to get through to Jacob in a way that would forever change him. And so we find a God who's more intimate than we think, the one who digs down into the muscle and marrow and gets dirty, hands-on, fighting, sweating, bleeding, hurting, breathing in exhaustion and refusing to let a man continue his way towards mediocrity and irrelevance. Let me say that again. When you're in covenant with God, he refuses to let you continue your way towards mediocrity and irrelevance. He's going to conquer you. That's what you signed up for. And that's what he'll be sure to see happen. But that conquering you is that to control you and suppress you and manipulate you and stifle you. No, it's actually to free you to become the image bearer you're created to be, to reflect glory, to love deeply, to serve, to overcome. See, Jacob wasn't really reflecting who God was, but it's crazy. After that night, he walked around with a limp for the rest of his life, and you could tell this guy had scars that for 1,800 years would cry out for God to once again enter and completely mess with our world. Another man would step into the arena of life and he would have scars. Remember back in episode one, song Prelude, I talked about the scars that would forever haunt the tyrants. These battle wounds, these scars, they speak of something that we don't even comprehend. I mean, I could write a whole book on this, but a single chapter by the late Frederick Buechner says it far better than I ever could. He brilliantly describes the encounter as the magnificent defeat of the human soul at the hands of God. It goes like this. And then it happens. Out of the deep of the night, a stranger leaps. He hurls himself at Jacob, and they fall to the ground, their bodies lashing through the darkness. It is terrible enough not to see the attacker's face, and his strength is more terrible still, the strength of more than a man. All the night through, they struggle in silence until just before morning when it looks as though a miracle might happen. Jacob is winning. The stranger cries out to be set free before the sun rises. And then, suddenly, all is reversed. He merely touches the hollow of Jacob's thigh, and in a moment, Jacob is lying there, crippled and helpless. The sense we have, which Jacob must have had, that the whole battle was from the beginning fated to end this way, that the stranger had simply held back until now, letting Jacob exert all his strength and almost win so that when he was defeated, he would know that he was truly defeated, so that he would know that not all the shrewdness, will, brute force that he could muster were enough to get this. Jacob will not release his grip, only now it is a grip not of violence, but of need, like the grip of a drowning man. The darkness is faded just enough so that for the first time he can dimly see his opponent's face, and what he sees 
is something more terrible than the face of death, the face of love. It is vast and strong, half ruined with suffering and fierce with joy. The face of man flees down all the darkness of his days until at last he cries out, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Not a blessing that he can have now by the strength of his cunning or the force of his will, but a blessing that he can have only as a gift. <sighs> the grip of a drowning man is such a rich description. I try to convey in this song on the bridge not only Jacob's cry of, I will not let you go until you bless me, but perhaps hint at this paradox that God himself was saying the same thing back. I won't let you go until you bless me, until you bring me glory. I'm not going to let you go, my child, until you accomplish all that I intend, until your soul is defeated and you can no longer wrestle with me, until you understand that being created in the image of the one who is wild does not mean the reckless and loveless wild that you understand. And it's in this encounter that God gives Jacob a new name, Israel. Many don't realize this, but Israel actually means he wrestles or he struggles with God. I mean, imagine in our English language, you met someone and like, oh, there's, there's wrestles with God right there. Oh, oh, it's fights with God. What's your name? What's your name? This is a story that's thousands of years old. Sometimes in our modern thinking, People wonder, like, how, how can you relate to this primitive people in this ancient Near East? Or even more, why would I choose to associate my identity with these, these people? And I think, man, how do we not relate? The fighting, deception, the joys, the humor, the longing, the suffering, the arrogance, the indifference. Is this not us? One has to be extremely naive to not realize that the story of humanity is the story of us wrestling with our maker. The question then becomes, in the heart of this song, is what would it take to convince us to change? I suspect that, like the story, the answer is not easy to come by. We wrestle in the dark. But when will we realize who we're actually wrestling with? Please, I want to invite you right now into a new space. This song works especially well in the dark. Put your headphones on, silence your phone, put away competing distractions, soak in the lyrics and be nourished. And as always, I'm extremely grateful you're drinking this in. And I pray it touches you as it has touched me.
Shit! 